0: Now, we're launching a series today, babe. Uh, it's called Our Father in Heaven. All right. This is This is going to be... I know people will look back on this series... In years to come, and say this was a game changer for me in my relationship with God. Okay, I know this, I know what's going to happen for people. And so uh, I just want to recommend a couple of resources. We're going to be talking at Connect Groups all this term about our Father in heaven, uh, reflecting on the the messages we preach and things that God's saying to us. It will, it will. there may be tears this month okay at connect group and at church as god works in hearts yeah and i'm going to talk a little bit more about that but i want to we want to recommend two books particularly okay so one i want to recommend that i've just uh, finished reading is by wayne alcorn and it's called my father's son and it's really his journey his father was an alcoholic who encountered christ and his life turned around and then the generational blessing that happened from that but a lot of stories of guys in here particularly it's written for men so guys I I highly recommend it but I, I know I've been told a lot of ladies have really loved it but it's about father wounds and how God can bring healing to father wounds. So highly recommend. Awesome. You want to recommend a book?
1: Okay, Finding Father. I don't have the physical copy because I got it uh, I downloaded. It did online. This is by AJ Jones, and it's more of a workbook than an actual mm-hmm. read it through in one sitting. I probably took a couple of years, to be honest, to go through it really deeply yes. about finding who your father in heaven is compared to the experiences that you've had on earth with your earthly father right. and the different types of fathers, that you might have experienced the different types yes. and just how then you can see God through a different filter different through getting healing in your heart. Right. So I highly recommend it. All right. Also, awesome brand-new
0: book. book out by Louis Giglio. I've just started reading it, Perfect Father, which is another one. So I really encourage this church, let's lean into this journey yeah. uh, because I know it's going to do something in our hearts together.
1: Fantastic. And I'm going
0: to be in Melbourne you speaking are. on
1: this topic next Sunday let's morning. Go. So I'll see you there. Thank Fantastic. you so much.
0: Thank you, honey. Put your hands together. Melbourne, if you're not seated, be seated. Sorry, didn't say that to you earlier. Uh, Let's just close our eyes. Let's just pray right now. Father, we do thank you for the privilege of being together. One church in two locations. We thank you for all that you're doing in our hearts and our lives. I pray for people today listening online for those who are in church for the first time maybe ever or the first time for a long time. I pray that today would be a, a, a day where your love touches them and impacts them and changes their lives. Father, that would you do a work in all of our hearts? Would you draw us nearer to you? Would you pour your love into our heart? I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said Amen, amen. Thank you, band. You can grab your seat, put your hands together for all of our teams who do such a great job leading us, serving us, and helping us come into the presence of God. A couple of years ago, I was looking for a new national sales manager for my business. And one of the team at my my business actually began to talk to me about uh, someone they thought would be a great uh, national sales manager. His name was Jonathan. And they told me why and his background in sales, and his background as a customer of ours and, and he, sounded, he sounded like this guy would be amazing for my business. So I, I did what all good employers do in that moment. I did a Facebook stalk. Who's ever done that? Okay, be careful what you put on Facebook because it may get you the job or not get you the job. So I looked up this guy's name, Jonathan with his last name and I found this person on the Sunshine Coast on social media. And when I found this person, I've got to tell you, immediately my heart sank. I'm like, uh-oh, this, they're telling me this guy's awesome, but he's not awesome. He's, like, on Facebook, he was loose, uh, his language was very colourful, uh, he was extremely opinionated about a whole lot of stuff. I mean, putting it nicely, he was an Aussie yobbo, like a complete yobbo, and I thought that is... That does not measure up with what I've been told about this potential sales manager. So I'm like, oh look, you know, maybe maybe it doesn't represent him that well, I'll still meet with the guy. So we had the sales meeting and as we had the sales meeting this guy walked into, into the office and it was such a different picture to the person I'd seen online, it wasn't the same guy. I'd, I'd actually Facebook stalked same name, different person. Oh, it was it was it was a great day for me. I'm telling you what. And I just immediately I just laughed and let out a big sigh of relief. And now this guy's been working for me for the last couple of years, and he's outstanding. Uh, I had the wrong image of Jonathan. I had the wrong image of this person. And today we're beginning a series called "Our Father in Heaven," that I believe will help many of us address the wrong image. So many of us have of God. So many of us have of our Father in Heaven. I pray that through this series, I know that through this series, and as I pray that through this series, as we discuss it in Connect Groups, as we listen again, as we re- read some of the books we've recommended, uh, I pray that you deep dive into this topic, even though it might be confronting, right. uncomfortable, it might bring up painful memories, But ultimately, if you can lean into the challenges that even the phrase our Father in heaven brings up for you, I know on the other side will come healing, joy, freedom, and a deep connection with God that he wants to have with you. Let's look in Luke chapter 11 and start in this scripture where Jesus' disciples are noticing uh, the power that he has They're noticing the closeness that he has, that he hears God's voice. And so they say to Jesus, now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place, that when he stopped, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. They'd seen something about Jesus' prayer and the fruit of it is in their life. So teach us to pray. As John also taught his disciples, that's John the Baptist. So Jesus said to them, when you pray, and he introduced what we now know as the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And it goes on. And many of you, I'm sure, have uh, maybe grew up going to a school where you prayed that prayer. I'm watching an awesome NFL series right now on a college football team, and I watch them before the game all kneel down together and pray the Our Father in heaven prayer. Now, when they heard this prayer, when Jesus uh, introduced this concept of our Father in Heaven, the, the word Father he was using was the word Abba. It's an Aramaic word. It's a, some people say Abba, but, but I don't want to say Abba because you're just going to go to Dancing Queen. I know you are, right? Uh, many of you, do we have any Abba fans in the house? We've got any in Melbourne? Uh, okay, Fantastic. You, hopefully you'll be delivered by the end of this. Uh, fun fact, my wife, who's an Abba fan for many, many years didn't actually know what Abba, the name, came from. Who knows what the name Abba came from? It's actually from the name of the, of the singers. Benny, Bjorn, Agnetha, and Anifried, right? That, that, that's A, B, B, A. Who learned something new today in church? I know, here, I, here we are, transforming lives. But not that Abba. He's not that Abba. He's Abba. Abba, okay. And Abba, literally, the, the word that, that Jesus used when he said our Father in heaven was, was a, a, the, the phrase that a four or five-year-old would use with an affectionate father. It was Papa, Daddy, Dad, Father, Abba. That's the phrase. And it must have shocked them. Because they were used to the idea that God, that they'd been taught different names of God in Jewish history. There's Elohim, which is the God of strength and power. There's Jehovah, the eternal and absolute source of everything. Adonai, Lord and Master. These are the, so when they would pray, they, they would pray Adonai, Jehovah. They would pray Elohim. But Jesus, when he taught us to pray, said, I want you to pray Dad, Papa, Father. And, and for young, uh, I didn't grow up calling my dad Daddy, so I'm not going to Daddy God you today, but some people, Daddy is, is the phrase that you would use to describe Dad, your, your Father, our Father in heaven. A big part of what Jesus did over his ministry life was revealed a heavenly Father, a, 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 a Papa, a Dad, who was loving, tender, and affectionate. Galatians chapter 4, verse 6 says this. And this talks about every person who's been born again, who's become a new creation, who's who's received the forgiveness that Christ offers us and, and encountered God. This is what it says. Because we're His children, God has sent the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of His Son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. When you get born again, the Holy Spirit comes and lives in your heart. The Bible calls it the Spirit of Adoption. Romans 8, 15. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. We're not, our relationship with God is not like, oh, we're slaves, we're servants, we must obey him or he'll get mad. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children and now we call him Abba Father. Abba Father. Romans chapter 5, verse 5 said, Now hope does not disappoint because the love of, Of our Heavenly Father, the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. My prayer is that throughout this series, and I can already feel even the phrase Father beginning to crunch for some people. My prayer is that by the end of this series, you'll at least be on a path, if not already way down the path, of letting the Holy Spirit pour our Heavenly Father's love into your heart on a daily basis. My prayer is that you would come to know what it is to experience a waterfall of your Heavenly Father's love every day in a tangible way that is life-changing as a result of what we're going to look at. I love what the, tr- the Passion Translation says. This hope is not a disappointing fantasy. It's Romans 5.5. 5, because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. So my goal for this series is that you have a daily Romans 5.5 5 experience. A daily... Romans 5, 5 experience. Now, I would, for me, 30 years ago, that was foreign. It was not my own experience. I, I grew up in a Christian environment, but uh, because of the religious environment that I grew up in, my idea of God as loving and, and, and warm and tender and someone who would pour his love into my heart, I knew it in my head, but I didn't experience it in my heart. And so we're going to look over this over these next few weeks. We're going to look at the true image of God and who He really is, because right now the word Father has something written on your heart in association with that word. Your upbringing, your experiences. The Bible talks about we, that God wants to write his word on our heart. Well, up until that point, life has written meaning on our heart about a range of different things, and this is one. Some of you, when you, hit, you first heard the idea or you came to church that God's your father, you're like, yeah, no, nah, nah, deal breaker because of your own experiences. Some of you were more delighted to hear the scripture that we should crucify the old man. I was like, okay, I'm down with that. I'm down with that. We'll talk about that next week and healing father wounds. You see, unfortunately, the wounds of our father, and I spoke a bit about this on Father's Day, but for, for, for many of us, there's, you've got great experiences with your earthly dad that was a, a good representation of God with gaps. Every father's got gaps. Only a perfect father will fill those gaps. But there are others amongst us. And your experience has left you wounded. A harsh father. A dictator father. A absent father. A emotionally distant father. An abusive father. A a, a range of different things. And that's written something on your heart about what a father is. And to experience the cascading love of your heavenly father, we're going to have to deal with that. Because that... Will harden your heart to receiving the genuine love of your heavenly Father. So we're going to have to deal with that. We're going to, have to look The other side of, the, of what will often block people's re- receiving the love of a heavenly Father, if it's not the wounds of our natural father, it's the damage of dead religion. If you've grown up in a religious environment where Scripture has been weaponized against you to control you, to, to punish you, and God's been presented as distant, angry judge who just wants to smite you when you step out of line. And although that may never have been said, rules and regulations and legalism can actually create this harsh image of God. That was my experience through my teenage years. So we don't want the Bible to be weaponized we don't want God to be seen as irrelevant, harsh, judgmental. We don't want. I, I want to encourage you today if, if you've grown up in a religious environment that didn't have life and love and joy as the center of it, representing who God really is, I want to encourage you to open your, your heart and open your mind as we deep dive into our Father in heaven. We need a new image of our Father in Heaven. I don't know how many of you love your passport photo, your driver's license photo. What is it about those things where they say you can't smile? I had a look at my driver's license today and I always try and just do a little sneaky smile on the tape. Just just a little sneaky one. But but imagine if I, I was going to introduce you and all I had was your passport photo. Come on, it's 10 years and 15 hairstyles ago for some of you. It's it's old. It's the wrong image. Well, imagine that that, that license where you're grumpy and cranky and and you're not sure if you're even going to pass the test. You've taken the photo. Imagine. I, I want you today. Come on, let's open up our heart to a new image of Abba, Father of Papa, of God, your heavenly, open up your heart. Now, next week, we're going to talk a little bit around how we deal with our father wounds. But today, I want to just help you by beginning to create the Bible image of your heavenly father. And there's so many moments and stories, but one of my favorite is is what we call the story of the prodigal son. This is Luke chapter 15. And Jesus, who is so acquainted with his father... The Bible tells us that if you want to know what Father God looks like, you've just got to look at Jesus. Jesus is the visible image of him. And so Jesus tells this parable, this story, and let me read it to you. It's about a son who, who essentially um, bails on his father, uh, does something that's, that's uh, really disrespectful, asks for his inheritance early. In, in essence, he's saying, I wish you were dead, Dad. Because that's the only time I'm gonna get my inheritance. I wish you were dead, and I'm out of this lifestyle that you've created, and I'm going, and so his father gives him his inheritance and he goes and he parties and he lives a wild life and he has a lot of friends, but they're not they're not really friends. They're just friends because he's got money and there's parties, and then when the money runs out, the friends run out. He wastes his life he, he wastes all the money on prostitutes, parties, the whole vibe, and he ends up in a humiliating place for a Jewish boy, which is cleaning up pigsties. So just horrible. And he, in, in this moment, he has, this is where we pick up the story in verse 17. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. He actually starts eating from the pig's trough, the, the, the leftovers. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him and kissed him His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. You can just see his father just, just... His father said to his servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house, put it on him. Get a ring for his finger, sandals for his feet. Kill the calf we've been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. For this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost... But now he is found, and so the party began. I love this. I love this. Our Heavenly Father. Jesus is telling this story because he's trying to create a new image of Abba Father for the disciples. And the image is, and there's three things. I just want to pull three things out of this story because there's so many things. And there's so many things throughout Scripture. But today, let's look at this story. I want to pull three things about... Our Heavenly Father, that maybe does not compute with your understanding of who God is, but here's the first one. Our Heavenly Father is passionate about us. He's passionate about us. He's not impassionate. He's not distant. He's not unmoved. He's passionate. He tells the story, and as the son is walking down the driveway of the long property, his father sees him. Now, his father is wealthy. His father is 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 uh, is held in esteem in that community. And in that community, an elder, an older man, or an elder in the city would not run for anything. It was undignified. So his father sees his son walking and begins to run towards. His son Immediately, if any thought that his son had in that moment... Am I going to get lectured? Am I going to be labelled? Am I going to be put in the doghouse? Am I not even going to be accepted? Immediately, that, that fear that he has... That he's going to be rejected and sent away by his father... Is blown away because his father begins to run towards him. I want to tell you about a heavenly father who is running towards you, who, who knows everything you've done. You can't keep anything hidden from him and he still runs towards you. He's passionate about you. I used to love dropping our kids off to school and, and saying I love you as we dropped our kids off to school and if I didn't get one back, I'd wind the window down, especially for my teenage daughter. The closer she got to her friends, I'm like, I love you, Gemma! I love you, Gemma! And eventually, she's like, I love you, Dad secretly she loved it, I know she did (laughs) our Heavenly Father's passionate about us in 1992 in Barcelona there's a famous story, it's like an Olympics defining moment Uh, a sprinter from Great Britain called Derek Redman Uh, he'd had had five surgeries he'd been wiped out of the previous uh, 1988 games because he tore his Achilles an hour before the race he was a 400 metre sprinter and so he'd had surgeries right up on his Achilles tendon uh, within, within four months of the Games. And we'll put a photo up of Derek Redmond. And so he begins this race in the 400 metres and he, and he takes off and he's running and halfway through he pulls his hamstring. And because his life has been you know, so impacted by the pain and the tragedy and the suffering of trying so hard but then falling short, he determines in his heart that he's going to finish the race. So with a torn hamstring, he stays in his lane and begins to walk the final 200 meters. And his father, in true dad form, in a in a ba- daggy clothes and a Nike shirt, I love it, and ba- baggy shorts. It's really it's such a dad with a dad bod. I love it. And he's like right there, and he and he sees his son, and he runs out. And you you if you watch the footage, you can you can uh, Google this later. It's Derek Redman is the son's the son's name, and Jim Redman is the father. You'll, you'll see him pushing through security guards out of the road, and that's my son, and they're trying to stop him. And he eventually gets out, and he tells the story later. I went out there just to tell him you've got nothing to prove. Don't run. Just stop. Let's walk off. You've got nothing to prove. And his son's like, No, I'm gonna finish. I've set out to finish. So, this iconic footage is of Jim Redmond walking with his son 200 meters and getting a standing ovation from the from the whole crowd because he's demonstrating a father who's passionate about his son. And it echoes, it, it resonates with all of us. Wouldn't we love a father who would barge through the Olympic walls? It might be a bit embarrassing, but eventually walk us around in one of our most tragic moments that becomes a moment of triumph. He later, The, the father later actually carried the Olympic torch when London held the Olympics. You have a father in heaven who's passionate about you. You have a father who will run towards you. That's the first thing I want you to know as we start to re, to re- uh, repaint, reset our image of our Heavenly Father. He's not so dignified that He won't run crazily through the crowd to find you because He loves you. The second thing is our Heavenly Father is affectionate towards us. He embraced Him and He kissed Him. I, I love that our Heavenly Father is affectionate. It- For me, I'm blessed in this. It's not too hard for me to imagine an affectionate Heavenly Father because my dad was affectionate. My dad was uh, quite a bit older than me when I was born. But I've got memories of sitting on his lap uh, in the lounge room, sitting beside him in a little church with 20 people, 20 dairy farmers on a, uh, on a Sunday afternoon. And he's got big dairy farmer hands, and I'm just playing with his hands, and I can, I can feel his beard rubbing on my face, and, or his, his, his ruffled, you know, ruffled, scruffy stubble. stubble. That's what I'm looking for, his stubble. I can, I can sense the, even just the smell of his jumper and the warmth of his embrace. So when I think about a heavenly father who who wants to hug me, It's easy for me. But for some of you, it's not. But I want to help recreate an image for you. That you've got a heavenly Father who every day would love to you to spend some time with him and you would feel literally the warmth of his love and the cascade of his love pouring into your heart. You have a heavenly Father who is affectionate towards you. You might never have known it from an earthly father. It does not mean you can't know it from your heavenly father. Don't let that lie stop you from believing. Here's the deal. He wants to pour his love into your heart. So that means we're going to have to do some heart work over these next four weeks. So we are doing okay here today? I'd say turn to your neighbor, but I can see tears. So let's not do that right now. Our heavenly father, he's affectionate towards us. The last thing that, we, that, that I want to pull out of this story is our Heavenly Father is extravagant in forgiveness towards us. Like, this is a story of extravagant forgiveness. This, okay, if you ask me, this punk, this (laughs) little punk, ripped off his dad, disgraced his dad, went and did everything that his father told him not to, brought shame to the family name, and, you know, for many of us, could have probably had five or seven years out with the servants earning his way back in proving himself trustworthy many of us that would be you know, a bit of boundaries but the father knew implicitly that the guilt and shame that his father had walked through as a, through this whole experience was more than enough and so he runs towards him, okay Now he smells like pigs. I don't know, how many of you have ever been involved with pigs? I've had the privilege of shoveling cow manure, chook manure, horse manure when I was a uni student, it motivated me to do uni and growing up on a farm and pig manure, all four. Some would say it's great preparation for pasturing. Some would say I'm still shoveling some stuff, but we'll we'll leave that alone. Melbourne, don't laugh at that, that's not true. But far worse than horses, cows, chickens, is pigs. I remember, remember cleaning out a pigsty and shoveling pigs manure out, and then going home, having a shower, getting changed and going to uni and sitting in the uni lecture and going, oh, that's soaked into my very pores, that smell. No wonder nobody wants to sit near me. And his father, who's a Jew, who the smell of pigs would be offensive to, runs to him, hugs him, kisses him, says, now here's, here's what he, this is what he does, this is extravagant forgiveness. He says, bring the, the coat, bring the family robe, this is what you would bring a dignitary, the, the local mayor turns up, you'd bring the robe, it's the father's robe, it's an honour. He doesn't say give him a shower and give him the robe, just bring him the robe, immediately he's restored back to the family. Wow. Then he says, bring the ring. What's the ring? You're like, he brings the signet ring. This is like, this is like everything he stamps with the signet ring now has the family's seal on it. He's basically saying, quickly, go to the bank and put his, put his signature back on, on the account. He can sign for everything. Wow. We've got a heavenly father who's extravagant in forgiveness. He says, give him sandals for his feet because the the servants and the hired people who work for us, they don't have sandals. But my sons, my family members, they wear sandals. Immediately, I'm going to bring you back. You are my son immediately. Then he says, kill the fatted calf. The fatted calf was a calf that they were preparing for a wedding. So it wasn't like kill the, 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 the goat. It was the fatted calf. It was... That it was enough for a whole village to party. So in, in essence, he's saying, go get the whole village. who have all heard the story of disgrace and shame. Go get the whole village and bring them out here and see that I've restored my son with the robe of honour, with the ring of authority, with the sandals, because he's part of my family. And now we're going to party like there's no Tomorrow. Because my son who was dead is now alive. This is a heavenly father who is extravagant in forgiveness. And if you've spent time around dead religious environments where you had to pay penance and do a certain amount of things to maybe be accepted by God, you've been sold the wrong image. Of our Heavenly Father. He is extravagant in forgiveness. Ernest Hemingway writes a story, it's in a book called The Captive of the World. He writes a story about Paco, a young man in Spain who runs away from home. His father's heartbroken, hopes he'll return quickly, but the son doesn't return. Years go by, and the shame, guilt, and regret stops Paco returning home to his father and his father doesn't know if he's around if he's left the country so his father gets into the local newspaper El Liberal and writes it's in Madrid and he writes this message it says Paco meet me at the Hotel Montana at noon on Tuesday all is forgiven love Papa now Paco is a common name in Spain And on Tuesday, at the time in the newspaper, he rocks up and 800 young men called Paco turn up. Because it's deep in the heart of every young man, every young woman, every older man, every older woman, the need to be forgiven and restored to our Father. And deeper than the need to be restored to our earthly Father, which may or may not be possible... Your father might have passed away, therefore you're not going to be restored. Your father might not be willing to be restored. So the journey is deeper than just restoration or reconciliation with our earthly father. There's a heavenly father who's written a note in the Bible, not just for Paco, but for Luke and for Caleb and for Samantha. And the note in the Bible said, Whosoever will come. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that anyone can be forgiven. That's a heavenly Father. Not give it 12 months of turning up the church and changing what you wear and dress and look like and then eventually maybe you'll look like us and be accepted. Immediately forgiven. Immediately made a son or a daughter of the Father in heaven. Immediately become a joint heir with Jesus and have, the, have an inheritance from your heavenly Father just like Jesus has an inheritance. Made a brother, made a sister of Jesus. When Jesus says, I want you to pray our Father, He's like, my Father and your Father. Our Father. You can come in my name, that makes you righteous, but I want us, when I pray now, when Jesus prays, he's praying, Our Father. We need a new image. Yeah. Our Father in heaven. And sometimes the journey is gonna be a little painful because what's blocking the Holy Spirit, pouring the love of our Heavenly Father into our heart, are the wounds and the image that has been painted there and won't just evaporate in a moment. And that's the journey we're going to go on together. But I want to help you get a new image of a heavenly father. Melbourne, I want to help you get a new image of a heavenly father. Those of you who are watching online today, maybe the Bible has been weaponized against you, legalism has robbed you. You've felt judged, criticized, and condemned by a natural father or by someone in the name of a heavenly father. I want to tell you, I'm sorry. It's not the way he is. I want you to know a father in heaven who is passionate about you. He's running towards you. He's affectionate. Even when you stink, even when I stink, he's still affectionate and he's extravagant in forgiveness. Can we close our eyes together right now? Our Father God. Our Father. Our Father. In all of our messed upness, our brokenness, with our wrong images we come to you today I pray that you would help us remove the wrong image, the wrong words that have been written on our heart that the love of God and the beautiful power of your Holy Spirit would erase The pain, the wounds, the misrepresentations from our heart, so that we can have that Romans 5-5 experience every day, Father, that your love would cascade into our lives, a waterfall of your love. I pray, God that the message of your goodness will transform us, change us, heal us. In your mighty name, Amen. Amen, Amen.